0: Friday night is one of my favorite times of the week, and it's uh, wonderful to see all of you tonight. You know, we have people here from all over the world. We have people from China, from Japan, from Ecuador, Peru, Colombia, South America, Liberia. I could just go on and on. And we even have some white folks here tonight as well. <laughs> Norwegians who originally originally Scandinavian, all those kinds of people. Anyway, I want to welcome you tonight to The Rock, especially if you're here tonight for the first time. It's great to have you. And uh, I've been doing a series we're going to end tonight, and it's entitled Instruction for Aliens. And basically it's a study or a look at the book of 1 Peter. And the reason we call it Instruction for Aliens, just so you know, what in the world is he talking about? The Bible refers to us as Christians as aliens. And what that means is, we were born on this planet, but when we were born again through our faith in Jesus Christ, we are now God's children. And we're no longer home in this world. We're pilgrims here. This world and everything about this world, the Bible tells us, is passing away. But we were made for God, and we're going to be with Him forever and ever and ever in a whole new place, new universe. A new heaven and a new earth, free of sickness and pain and sorrow and disease and war and famine. And it'll be a home where righteousness dwells and justice dwells and there will be no sin. But now that we've come to know Christ and we're still here on this planet, as you follow Christ, and we've been talking about this during this last four weeks, it's very uncomfortable here. You begin to realize that the things you used to enjoy, <clears throat> sinful things I'm speaking of, we don't enjoy them anymore. And in fact, the more we see them going on around us, the sicker it makes us. We looked even in, <clears throat> where Peter writes later on, he writes about Lot, and Lot was Abraham's relative, and he lived in a place called Sodom and Gomorrah, and it was a godless place. It was an immoral, wicked place. And the Bible tells us that Lot's soul was tormented night and day by the lawless deeds of men and women around him. And God delivered Lot from Sodom, and then he destroyed Sodom, which is exactly what God is going to do someday with the entire world we live in. He's going to deliver us, his children, aliens in this world, from this world, and he's going to destroy this earth into all the heavens, and he's going to make brand new ones for his children, of which there will be billions and billions and billions of people from every age that have come to know Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but as we know Christ, and as we're here on this planet, God has instructions for us. I call the Bible <clears throat> my survival book. This is food for our soul. The Bible says in Psalm 119, it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The last 40 years of my life, everything that I have done, the the values that I have embraced, the lifestyle I've chosen to live, the way that I live in my marriage, the way I run my marriage, the way Kathy and I operate in our marriage, the way we raised our four children, all of that was found in this book, the Bible. And all of it's strange to the world. The Bible's instruction for discipline for children, it's strange to the world. But it's what my wife and I used and God blessed it. The way in which we run our marriage, Kathy being in submission to her husband, me learning to lay my life down for my wife, is strange to the world we live in. They don't run their lives that way. They live... According to what the Bible calls the God of this world, Satan. Or the world's value systems, which of course, when you look around, you don't see Satan. What you see is the fruit of his influence in our media, in our literature, in the way in which people go about life. And of course, you see the fruit of our sinful nature. In the disunity, in the backbiting, in the meanness, and the abuse, and the divorce, and the immorality, and the cheating, and the lying, and the stealing. Those are the common things, even if it's in a small way, those are the very common things in in how people go about their relationships. But as believers, we live differently. As Christians, we're called to live differently. And when we live differently, the people that you work with, the people that you know, as they get to know you, some of them are going to respect that. Some of them are going to stand back and look at the quality of your life and the goodness of your life and the kindness that emanates from you and the consideration that you have for others, and they're going to be attracted to that. They're going to wonder, what's going on? Why are you hopeful in a world that's going crazy? And you have a chance to share that. Other people in your life are going to despise you. They're going to belittle you. They're going to malign you. They're going to say slanderous things about you. I've had both things happen. And so tonight what we're going to do is look at 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to read several verses here. And there's three main things that I want to share with you this evening. I'm going to start in 1 Peter chapter 4. And I'm going to start with verse 12. Dear friends, do not be shocked or surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad because these trials will make you partners with Christ in His suffering. And afterward, you'll have the wonderful joy of sharing His glory when He is displayed to all the world. Be happy if you're insulted for being a Christian, for then the glorious Spirit of God comes upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His wonderful name. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin first among God's children. And even if we Christians must be judged, what terrible fate awaits those who have never believed or embraced the good news concerning Christ. So if you're suffering according to God's will, keep doing what is right and trust yourself to the God who made you, for he will never fail you. I want to start with that last verse for a moment, then we'll work back up to the first one. I want you to notice that once again, the Bible affirms that God is the creator who made you. This is very important that you understand. Psalm 139, read it over this weekend if you get a chance, but simply put, it says that you've been fearfully and wonderfully made, that you were knit together by God in your mother's womb. That he saw you there in utter seclusion when no one else could see you. He saw you. He made you. You were not produced in a factory. You were custom made by God. I was talking with someone recently and they said, you know, I don't believe in miracles. I said, have you ever looked in the mirror? Anyone who says that, to be honest, they have the freedom to say that, but they lack intelligence. They lack a breadth and a knowledge and an understanding of the extraordinary miracle staring back at them in the mirror or reflected in the mirror. The miracle of an eyeball connected to the brain. The miracle of our senses. The miracle of the DNA and all the cells in just a little piece of your skin. The human body is an extraordinary miracle. God says that he made you, and that he will never, ever fail you. Now, I know that's not easy sometimes for you to believe. Most of you tonight are are, are quite young. But you've been alive enough to know sometimes things don't work out like you thought they were going to work out. Some of you have prayed prayers, and you mark, you know, I prayed. I prayed like you said or like someone else told me, and it didn't work out quite like I thought. I've been following the Lord for a very, very long time. <clears throat> and I've been through all kinds of, as we get back up here to verse 12, all kinds of fiery trials, all kinds of suffering. Difficult, difficult, difficult trials. <clears throat> I've been hated. I've been maligned by close relatives, so much so that they refused to even come to my wedding. I've been accused of all kinds of things. I've been living For many years of our early married life with children, our first three children had no insurance of any kind, none. We lived below the poverty level. I worked 75-hour weeks, still trusting God. I lived in a trailer that I paid $70 a month rent for, 500 square feet for five human beings. I built my little children's crib bunk beds out of two-by-fours I found in a dumpster. And I carpeted the floor out of carpet samples I found in another dumpster. In all that time, I walked with God. In all that time, I knew the Lord. In all that time, God was faithful. And God came through. And he gave us what we needed. Maybe not what we wanted, but what we needed. I've seen God come through for college education for my children. I didn't have the money to save for it. I saw God come through with Tens of thousands of dollars when my daughter was sick for seven years and they could not figure out what was wrong. It was immensely difficult and it tested my faith. It tested my faith beyond anything that I've ever experienced before in my life. And I'm telling you from experience, from life experience, I've seen God provide four spouses for my four children. I've seen my four children going through trials in their own way that are every bit as heavy as the ones I went through in my life. Except now they're all at once, and I pray for them every day. And I can tell you, as God is my witness, God will not fail you. God will strengthen you. God will comfort you. God will be near to you. God will see you through. I'm not saying that the trial won't be fiery, That's exactly what it says, but I want to prepare you. Don't be shocked. Don't let it knock you down. And what I mean by that, you're going to knock down. Sometimes you get back up. Don't let it make you quit. We're going to get to the devil tonight in a minute, but nothing would satisfy him more than for you to throw away your faith, give up, and go back, as Proverbs says, to our spiritual vomit, to the life we used to live. You'll be worse off then than you were before. God will see you through, and He will stand by you over and over and over and over again. And we got we got to keep clinging to Him. Also, remember this: these are wonderful times. There are wonderful times in the sense that, see again, we have a different value system. This is what's so ironic about Christians. Christians embrace suffering. We realize it's our glory. We realize it's our opportunity to imitate Christ. We realize that for all eternity, we're going to have more glory than LeBron James when Christ is revealed. This is why Peter says, be very glad. You know what happened to Peter? He was crucified upside down. Peter was beaten many times because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Peter did not have an easy life. Paul had an even more difficult life. But God tells us, don't be shocked at these trials. Don't let them throw you like something strange is going on or happening to you. But remember... There's wonderful joy, wonderful joy after the suffering because you glorified God. Now, again, I realize that's strange talk, see? I mean, if I I was doing this on PBS, you know, and I'm telling everybody, this is how you're going to have a wonderful life. Let's all suffer together. That don't go over too well. (laughs) I got a feeling Joel Osteen doesn't talk about that too much either, by the way. But Peter did. Peter was never a celebrity, never had a TV show, but he told it like it was. There's going to be fiery trials. They're going to be tough. They're going to be hot. But the Bible says in Isaiah 43 that I'll go with you. The flame won't burn you and the rivers won't drown you. You're precious to me and I'll bring you through. Remember that if you're suffering according to the will of God, keep doing what's right and trust yourself to God. Entrust yourself to God. This is what Christ did, and we're called to imitate Christ. We imitate Christ. <clears throat> so the first thing that I want to share with you is simply this. Fiery trials are going to happen to you and to me. Do not let them take you by surprise or make you paranoid. That's an important word. We start looking around wondering, well, what's wrong? What's <clears throat> wrong? What's wrong with me? Rather, recognize you have been given the privilege and the joy of suffering for your Savior, and you will share incredible glory with Him when He comes back. <clears throat> now, this may seem like a silly analogy to you, but, but I'm just going to give it to you because I know we got a lot of sports fans here tonight. <clears throat> you take a guy like LeBron. So, I mentioned LeBron. I know it's football season, but LeBron went back to the Cavs, and the Cavs aren't doing too good, if you've noticed. I only noticed because I read a couple headlines. I don't follow. I just saw the headlines. You know how hard? Do you know how hard? Do you know how much LeBron James has suffered physically to get himself ready for basketball? Do you know how hard those guys work to reach that level? They have raw talent. If you think for a moment they're just getting by on talent, you're crazy. Do you do you know why they don't let high school boys' mamas show up at football practice? Because uh, you, you wouldn't want to see what to do doing to your son. It's painful. It's hard. You have to endure a lot. Why? For glory on the field. You're going to have glory forever. You're going to have LeBron James glory and beyond, be in the hall of fame of God, and it will never end. Your glory will never end and your joy will never end, and you won't have one moment there, you won't have one moment of regret that you decided, even in the midst of suffering, to be faithful to God. See, that's where we get really tested. I can't tell how many times when my daughter was sick and I was doing a number of other things I still needed to do that my prayer times were sobbing. How many times I collapsed in the shower in the morning after a 17-hour day, wondering, okay, Lord, could this be the day that you turn this around? I remember my wife telling me I'd send out, not real often, but enough. I don't know, every two or three months, four months, a little prayer update, because a lot of people around the country know us and knew us and were concerned and were praying. And it got to the point, and this is not an exaggeration, this is the truth, that my wife, who is full of faith and loves Christ, would come to me in tears and say, Mark, I'm really nervous for you to send out this prayer update today, because every time you do, for the last three years, it's gotten worse every time. And that's the truth. We didn't quit. We didn't quit. And even through the tears and even through the pain, we said we're going to be faithful to God like Job. Though he slay us, we trust him. Though he kills us, we trust him. That's what I mean. It doesn't mean that every day you wake up and go, oh, Lord, this is a wonderful. Just beat us some more. <laughs> you know, just I'll oh, make her worse, Lord. Oh, she's not hurting enough. Just make it worse. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. But we're talking about we recognize there's eternity and there's a higher purpose and there's a higher calling, like the song Aaron sang tonight. He's called us higher. He's doing a work in your life. Don't lose sight of it. <clears throat> Second thing I want to share with you tonight is in 1 Peter chapter 5. <clears throat> and now a word to you who are elders or pastors in the churches. <clears throat> I too am an elder, a pastor a witness to the sufferings of Christ, and I too will share his glory and his honor when he returns. As a fellow pastor, this is my appeal to you. Watch over and care for the flock of God entrusted to you. Care for the flock of God and watch over it willingly and not grudgingly. Not because you have to. Not for what you get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. Don't Be a tyrant over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your good example. And when the head shepherd comes, your reward will be a never-ending share in his glory and honor. I wanted to talk to you about this a little bit tonight. Obviously, we only have a couple pastors in the room. Uh, But I wanted to take a little bit different angle on this tonight. I wanted to kind of give you a picture of what a pastor is all about An elder and pastor's joy and passion is to care for God's sheep, the people of God. He does this by sharing God's truth with them, to guide them and nurture them, correct them, and lead them in godly living. He watches over their lives and cares deeply about their progress in life and in their faith and in their character development in the truth. He serves them with great eagerness, humility, and enthusiasm. He's not to be a tyrant or an overbearing overlord, self-serving boss, but his passion is to be a living, breathing, godly example to them in Christ-likeness and godly living. And I just want to comment on this tonight. So most of you know me, but you've seen Carl up here do announcements. You've seen Ryan. Ryan is what we call a tent-making elder. He works full-time at... 3M Engineering, but then he pastor's part-time. Carl is full-time, and, and I am full-time. And, and when Carl and Ryan were young pups here at the church, I founded this church with a team of other people. In fact, I was looking today, just, I don't know, I came across it, maybe providentially, maybe accidentally. The original 90 people that helped me found the rock, there's only 10 of them still here, and three of them are me my son, Jeremy, and my daughter, Celeste. I'm very thankful for the people who helped us start and I'm very thankful for the ones that are still here. <clears throat> but I wanted to share my heart with you tonight. You have no idea, men and women, you're my passion. And, and I speak on their behalf, but I'm speaking on my behalf. <clears throat> I genuinely strive, we strive to live up to this text. I was meeting with a young couple once, this was some time ago, and they made a comment to me, and I know, you know, if they're here, they may not, they may not even remember, this doesn't even matter. People say a lot of things to me, and usually they're kind things. And this was a kind thing they thought, and they said, geez, Mark, you know, meeting you this morning feel like we're with a celebrity. And I just chuckled, but later on in my car, it made me cry. I know they don't mean that, but I want you to know I'm not a celebrity. I'm your slave. It's the truth. My passion is to serve you. My passion is to help you. I founded this church with a tremendous burden and passion to help young people. Come to know the real God. Come to understand what God is really like because he's been so misrepresented by my generation. I want you to understand what God wants to do in your life. And I try to bring all these years, every energy and passion and strength of my being to bear so that you might understand that. To help you understand the truth. I strive in my life to be an example that is worthy of you imitating in my marriage in my family some of you have said to me I, I've, you know, I've been doing this a long time I've been up in the cities now this December 31st 28 years <clears throat> and I founded the Evergreen Church the church that meets here on Sunday morning I founded with Andy's called the Urban Refuge I founded the Rock I helped our other two Evergreen locations get started as well I work in our region Northlands region with church in Wisconsin and North Dakota and I work nationally with our churches across the country and then internationally I travel as well. You never leave my heart. You're the burning passion on my soul. <clears throat> I pray for this church every single day for 15 years. Many of you, I pray individually for of the needs I know that are going on in your life. <clears throat> and, and, and the greatest joy I have in my life is to hear, to see you're walking in the truth. You're not just Talking about the truth, that's important, but you're walking in it, you're learning to walk in it. And my, so people people have said this to me, they said, you know, Mark, um, if I could be honest with you, it bothers me sometimes that your story so often you're just talking about yourself. I want you to understand tonight my motivation, the only reason I ever do it. Anything that's good in my life, I want to make this clear, and I've said it before, and if you've been here, you know I've said it before. Anything good in my life, anything, is all because of Jesus Christ. It's all because of Christ. The sole purpose for which I share my stories are so that you could see, because you can't live with me, because we're spread out across the miles in this city. So you could see what he means by a living, breathing, walking with God. What does it look like, Mark, to obey Ephesians in your marriage? So I tell you. And I tell you my shortcomings, which you know I've been very frank about them, very honest about them, often with tears about them. And the things that I had to overcome because I know that if you grasp, wow, if God could do that with him and he was like that, then God could do it with me. <clears throat> and I have two individuals here tonight who Dan Rollins and Christina <clears throat> Christina Neiman they helped make a, a dream come true for me my um few years ago the church office they lost a whole bunch of messages off the website <clears throat> the company they had all the messages said they backed it up well they didn't back it up so they were all gone <clears throat> and then they were going to throw away like 15 years, I have boxes of tapes. We used to tape everything. So they were going to throw them away, and I heard they were going to throw them away, and I called up almost in tears. They they weren't trying to be mean or anything. They just didn't have room to store them, And, and it's very, very difficult to take a tape. And in real time, because you have to use real time, you can't go real fast and transfer it to a CD and then take the CD and make an MP3 to the computer. That's a lot of work. I said, Mark, we don't have the manpower. I mean, you can come and get them if you want them. Otherwise, they're going to the dumpster. And I drove right down, and I brought box after box. And I looked into my office. They sat there for years. I'm like, Kathy, this is my life's work. This this is my life's work. Trying to, my passion is to help you understand the word of God. To understand God and to understand his truth and then live it. Live it. And see your life transformed. So I prayed for a long time. Lord, I just I wish someone, boy, I wish someone could help me. I don't know, what am I, could get these online for me. I wish I had a site. Dan volunteered, and of his own time, he built strongdisciple.com. Christina had been a missionary to El Salvador. She got saved at the Rock. After several years, felt God call her to El Salvador. She goes to El Salvador, she comes back, and she had a time where she was just trying to readjust to the culture and she said mark is there anything i can do is there anything i can do so i took a little risk and i said christina i never ever want you to feel like i'd take advantage of you in any way she goes mark never you'd never do that she said i'm just sitting around right now i hate sitting around she was getting her doctorate in physics when she decided to go be a missionary to el salvador she's a gem of a girl and she said mark is there anything i could do i said well there is i have like Fifteen years worth, I got about eight boxes of tapes of my messages. Would you be willing to transfer them all to CDs? She goes, Mark, my dad's specialty at 3M was tapes. <clears throat> she said, yeah, I can figure that out. So she got them, and every day she got pictures of her, cat, her cats climbing all over my tapes. <clears throat> and Christina would just sit at home, and in real time, because, see, you can't do it at high speed. You just listen. She goes, Mark. It was some of the richest time. I'm listening to the word. I'm listening to the word. I'm listening to the word. I'm making these things. Anyway, they are all online now, 28 years, thousands of messages. And I wonder know. there's only one reason I want them on there. I don't want to charge for them. I don't want to be famous. I don't care if millions hear them. I do care if you do. Everything I know and learned about parenting, there's 31 series there about parenting. I would love for you parents, please hear them. Marriage, I would love for you to hear what's on there about marriage. See, <clears throat> I don't have enough time, there's not enough time in your week for me to sit with you and download into your heart and into your mind all that I understand and that I live and that I know. But you could do it. But when you drive to work and when you come home, you're listening, you're listening. When you're doing your workout, I have stacks of emails from people or letters in the old days. I have a file of letters, cards, people send to me simply saying, Mark. These changed my life. I listen to them over and over and over <clears throat> when I'm on the treadmill, when I work out. It motivated, challenged me, it educated me It instructed me. It changed my whole life. <clears throat> so I would like you to please feel free to use them. They are think of them as pre-prepared spiritual meals to feed your soul. They're just there. They're just waiting there. They'll go to your phone. They'll go to an iPod. They'll stream on your computer. I even, my wife was gifted an iPad. I'm not a big iPad guy. And she was gifted one. So one day I said, well, let's see. Let's go find it. And I went to the site and I just touched it and it just started playing. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, that's pretty amazing. (laughs) So I have experimented and it does work. And you could do it that way if you wanted to. That's up to you. <clears throat> there's things about discouragement. On the right side, you'll find everything by topic. If a topic's more, what you want. Otherwise you can go through alphabetical A all the way to I believe there's even one that begins with Z, but I don't think so. It might be Y and W. And um, I, just, I'll, I'll, I just want you to know, I, I, um, I love you. Peter, what's so ironic to me, is Peter writing first Peter? If you go to the book of John, and you can read this on your own later in John 21, Jesus is risen from the dead. And remember, Peter denied the Lord. He denied that he knew him, and then he wept bitterly because of it. And now they're back together, they're reunited. And they're sitting on the beach, and they're eating a fish breakfast. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, this is the first chapter I read after I gave my life to Christ. I was 19. So it's very significant to me. He said, Peter, do you love me more than these? And the context would indicate, do you love me more than your fishing? See, Peter was a fisherman. and A lot of men maybe in here, there's a few guys that love to fish. Do you love me more than fishing? Do you love me more than these fish? And Peter said, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Jesus said it again, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then tend my lambs. And Jesus said again, Peter, do you really love me? Lord, He's a little frustrated. He said, Lord, come on. Look, you know I love you. Care for my sheep. I read that passage. I can't explain it to you. It's just how God works. But I knew God spoke that to me. And I knew at 19 this is what I would do with my life. I knew this is what he wanted. It took 11 years for it to even happen. And I kept working at it. And I kept studying the word of God with a heart to know it, to obey it in my life. And then to share it with others. And that's how I grew. And I got involved in a church like this. And I listened to what I was taught. And I went home and I sought to do it. I was not a passive listener. I was an active listener. And I went after God with all my heart. And to this day, I still go after him with all my heart. And by the grace of God, when I'm 80, I'll still be going after him with all my heart. I want you to understand what I know. I want you to know and do and experience what God has for you in your life, in every area of your life. So, last thing I want to share with you. I want to have a lot of time for this, but I'm just going to read it, and then I'll read what I wrote. <clears throat> Be very careful. Watch out for the attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour. Take a firm stand against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Watch out for the devil and his attacks on your heart and your mind. He is coming after you. He prowls like a hungry, ravenous lion looking to devour and destroy human lives, especially Christians. I've said this before. I want to share it with you again. You could say a lot of things about me. I've had a lot of things said about me. I've had website things done and said about me. I've had blogs written about me. I've had the most vile emails sent to me from fake, fictitious names spreading all kinds of things about me, and they hurt. But if you really want to hurt me, you hurt my children. The devil cannot touch God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit lives in us, but he tries to get to God by getting to God's children. I want to assure you of this. The devil cannot possess you because the Spirit of God lives in you. the devil's not going to come in your bed at night and grab you by the throat and try to kill you physically. What the devil does is what he did to Eve, and I'm going to explain this to you. He lies to you. He distorts and deceives you about the nature and the character of God. He lies to you about the gospel. He'll use the Bible, and he'll twist truth so that you'll begin to doubt God, and you begin to fall away. <clears throat> he'll lie to you about moral things. <clears throat> he'll make you think moral things are right, <clears throat> immoral things are right when they're not, and they'll destroy your life. <clears throat> Do not cower and run from the devil. You want to know the interesting thing? The Bible tells us, flee temptation, resist the devil. The Bible never tells you to run from the devil. You don't need to run from his attacks. You don't need to cower. You don't need to be afraid. Stand tall And resist him firm in your faith. And I'll describe what that means just a moment and then we'll close. Stay alert to the devil's schemes because he tries the same things on you that he did with Eve. He lied to her about God and God's goodness and she listened and believed his lies. As a result of listening, of course, we all died. Sin entered into the world. And she then went to Adam. And Adam was led astray. Adam didn't have to be, but Adam listened. He shouldn't have listened. He should have said, No, sweetheart, sweetheart, that's not true. Lucifer, you're a liar. That's not true. God has given us billions of acres of garden, and it's all good. And he's only told to stay away from one tree, that tree, because we'll die if we eat it. And I believe God. God has never let us down. God has never betrayed. I mean, my goodness, Lucifer. He put me to sleep and woke me up, and look what I got. That's standing firm. That's reminding yourself of the real reality. But no. No. She got caught up in the glitz and, like, well, wow, yeah. But God's God's keeping something from me. Yeah, I deserve that. And then on we go on our own way, down the devil's road of rebellion and pride. And it'll destroy your life. That's how he devours you. She listened and believed. She should have held tightly to what she knew was true and stood up for what she knew was right. God had been so good to her in Adam. He would not change. He would not withhold something that was really good for her. Stand firm against his lies by being firm and resolute in your faith and what you know and believe to be the truth as revealed in the word of God. You are never alone. These kinds of difficult attacks are being endured by your Christian brothers and sisters around the world. The devil's after us Aliens. He hates the Christians. In the end, he'll be destroyed and tormented for all eternity. He's already lost because of Christ, and he knows it. It's important that you know it. It's important you believe it. I want to close by just going back to the second point I made. Carl and Ryan and I, we want you to know we care about you. I want you to know I care deeply for you. They do. If I can ever be of any service to you, please don't hesitate to write to me mark at rockthechurch.com. You may call too. I'm listed in the Egan phone book. You can call the church office. I do not have a cell phone. I do not have a smartphone. I have a wireless, cordless, old-fashioned phone. I check my email all the time. In a few weeks, I have to go to Berlin. When I'm in Berlin, I check my email. A few years ago, I was in Berlin, and Christina, struggling in El Salvador, wrote to me, and we exchanged during the time I was there almost 50 emails. <clears throat> I genuinely care about you and any way that I can serve you that's all, that's, that's all I am I'm just a servant that's all I am Father we just thank you tonight you're the ultimate servant you left heaven and you came down here born of a woman and you endured all the things Lord that you had to endure all the indignities of being a human <clears throat> and all the indignities that were perpetrated on you by godless people. You told your disciples the greatest among you will be the servant of all. That's all I aspire to be, Lord. That is it. I aspire to be your servant by serving these people that you've entrusted to our care. I ask you, God, that you would bless them, you pour your grace out upon their life, and I pray, oh God, that the word would become precious to them, they would come to understand it and come to live it and cling to it, strengthen them in the trials they're going through of life. In Jesus' name, amen.